I'm so glad you're joining me for this episode of Street Soldiers. We are talking about Blacks making history now. Now, the three people you are about to meet all share some common characteristics and qualities. They're all passionate about what they do. They're committed to the community, and they're all about lifting up other people around them and empowering others. That's why I was so excited to bring them together so we could highlight the work that they're doing in our communities and so you can get inspired because we're at a time right now where a lot of people are questioning what's going on with our lives, what direction are we going in as a country, as a people, and I thought this inspiration would be something that would be a great way for us to celebrate Black History Month. So joining me is Tamika McReynolds. She is a community leader and aide to the mayor of Jersey City. She's also the director of the Maureen Collier Center in Jersey City, which is a senior and youth center. She's also an author and motivational speaker and many other roles and hats that she wears, but she's here for this particular show because of the work that she's been doing to keep the youth engaged during this pandemic when so many of the programs that they depend on and even their contact and social contacts in school have been taken away. Tamika, great to have you on the show. Oh my God, thank you so much. I, I'm listening to you and I'm like, who's she talking about? Is that me? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna be talking about you a little bit more. Also joining me is Tamik Floyd. He's the outreach coordinator for the Taj Gibson Foundation. This summer, he and the foundation along with the community I joined it with the police department in a show of unity to try to heal the rift between law enforcement and our community. He was also formerly incarcerated as a student athlete, came out and decided, listen, I've got to make sure nobody else goes in my path. They've been doing a lot of, he's been doing a lot of events for the youth. Um, to me, great to have you with us. Uh, I want to say uh, again, thank you for the opportunity. Give me uh, on your platform to just tell my story and hopefully, you know, I can change my life my lived experience. No, and we, we want to hear all about that. Also joining us is Dr. Christopher Emden. He's a professor at Teachers College of Columbia University. He's also the associate director of their Institute for Minority and Urban Education, and he's also the founder of Hip Hop Ed. Um, Dr. Emden, Chris, great to have you with us. Always a pleasure to be with you, Lisa. Thank you so much. Tamika, yeah. I'm going to start with you, lady on the panel, first lady. Yeah. I didn't even mention that, the first lady of the church. Um, Tell us about what you were doing with the teens because you have a special place in your heart for the teens. We've, we've done work with you in Jersey City with the girls, with the programs you're doing for them to get them interested in medical careers and help them get job training and get through those difficult teen years. Tell us what you did specifically during the pandemic. Well, first of all, I wanna say, yay, we are here, we made it. <laughs> thank you. Um, first of all, I just wanna thank you, Lisa, for just an amazing, just to be able to create this platform. Um, I'm so excited and I thank God that we are able to be able to talk about what we have done. And I haven't done it by myself. I, I just give this blessings to my husband, to the mayor, to the senator, to everybody that's actually have been rocking for our, our, our teens, um, including the superintendent, Dr. Walker, my director, Stacey Flanagan, my son, Deja Morris, just like it's everybody that has literally been rocking for us. Um, some of the things we were able to do, which it was kind of crazy because when the pandemic hit, you was like, you were lost. You was like, right. what can you do? Like, how can you rock for these kids when I'm so used to being in the auditorium with them um, where we got 3000 kids and you've been here, Lisa, you've and seen the programs it. are hands. Everything's hands on hands on. I'm, I'm screaming, yelling, bringing celebrities in and we rocking and rolling, but then it, it just stops. So then our kids are like feeling lost. 
So I literally was able to take the team magazine literally from being in the auditorium. And this is not my thing either. Like, you know, you're getting on Zoom and you're trying to figure it out. And I mean, I had the Yandies of the world, had Jamila's of the world. And I thank God for our mayor and director Flanagan that was able and Tawanda Moody, which uh, I know you know that she just became the uh, police chief here in Jersey City. We were able to be able to take the program and literally touch these kids through not only through the Zoom, but we created this platform where we called it jump out of cars and knock on doors with the police. Um, and what we did was we actually took the program with the magazine delivering TVs, financial blessings, whether it was $500, whether it was $100, giving them computers and just literally randomly showing up at kids' doors. We gave out like over $20,000. Like the publisher's clearinghouse when they show up at the knock on the door and you get the big check. (laughs) With the big check, with the big check. And I, you know, it's so funny that I laugh about it now, but when we were doing it, it was so crazy that when we knocked on these kids door and they saw the police, they saw the senator, they saw, you know, the, the this everybody, the mayor, the director, like everybody showing up at their door. They was like, the police at my door. Like, what did we do? What, like, what happened? So you were changing, so got, changing that whole narrative. And that was such a good program because you, you were so upset about what they were going through. And it was great that you came up with that. To me, tell us about your experience because your life changed. You were a college athlete on a sports scholarship. You're an athlete yourself. And then something happened. There was a, an incident. You ended up behind bars in a state prison. You went from being this star athlete to an inmate in state prison. And then tell, tell us what you decided to do and what happened. Well, I would say that I never, you know, I, I, would, I never imagined myself, you know, being incarcerated. Um, that was my first time having that experience, being in trouble ever. Um, my thing was I didn't deal with adversity properly. Um, coming where we come from, we're not taught how to deal with failure, you know. So um, if, we, if I had more role models growing up to help me negate through the tough times, maybe my decisions would have been different. But I guess this, this was God's plan. Um, you know, it was my junior year of college. You know, I was on athletic basketball scholarship. I attended Dallin College in um, Oakdale, Long Island. And, you know, me and the coach was, 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 wasn't really communicating. He wasn't getting along. And it led to me being um, dismissed from the team. And, you know, but he gave me the opportunity to obtain my degree still. But at the time, you know, I'm, I'm a ball player. I just want to play basketball. Right. You know, and I didn't, I didn't see the value in staying in school if I couldn't play. You know, so that I came back to my old neighborhood, which is, you know, uh, Ingersoll um, in downtown Brooklyn. And I, you know, got in with the wrong crowd. And, and that led to me, you know, to 11 year sentence that fast within within six months of me leaving school. Wow. Now, since you've been home, though, you've been doing you've been home for what, like about a year or so? I've been home for a year, a year and about three months. And, um, you know, my best friend, Todd Gibson, a current basketball player for the New York Knicks. Um, you know, he'd been doing foundation work basically my whole incarceration. And, you know, he gave me an opportunity to come home and, you know, be an asset to his foundation. And, you know, so, you know, me and my other childhood friends is four of us, five of us, excuse me, that runs the foundation day to day. And, you know, so that was my way of paying my debt to society is giving back and, you know, really trying to touch these kids that need the guidance of somebody who walked the steps that they're heading in and let them know that this is not where you want to be. And you've had a lot of, you've had a lot of, the Peace March was a, that was a huge 
groundbreaker, especially this this past summer where we saw so many shootings and yeah. so much so many tensions and, and trauma with the police. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We'll be back right after this. Yo, what up? This your homie Ace Hood, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real poly tricks, and real people only on Hot 97. I'm so glad you're joining me for this episode of Street Soldiers. We are talking about Blacks making history now. Now, the three people you are about to meet all share some common characteristics and qualities. They're all passionate about what they do. They're committed to the community, and they're all about lifting up other people around them and empowering others. That's why I was so excited to bring them together so we could highlight the work that they're doing in our communities and so you can get inspired because we're at a time right now where a lot of people are questioning what's going on with our lives, what direction are we going in as a country, as a people, and I thought this inspiration would be something that would be a great way for us to celebrate Black History Month. So joining me is Tamika McReynolds. She is a community leader and aide to the mayor of Jersey City. She's also the director of the Maureen Collier Center in Jersey City, which is a senior and youth center. She's also an author and motivational speaker and many other roles and hats that she wears. But she's here for this particular show because of the work that she's been doing to keep the youth engaged during this pandemic when so many of the programs that they depend on and even their contact and social contacts in school have been taken away. Tamika, great to have you on the show. Oh my God, thank you so much. I, I'm listening to you and I'm like, who's she talking about? Is that me? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna be talking about you a little bit more. Also joining me is Tamik Floyd. He's the outreach coordinator for the Taj Gibson Foundation. This summer, he and the foundation along with the community I joined it with the police department in a show of unity to try to heal the rift between law enforcement and our community. He was also formerly incarcerated as a student athlete, came out and decided, listen, I've got to make sure nobody else goes in my path. They've been doing a lot of, he's been doing a lot of events for the youth. Um, to me, great to have you with us. Thank you for the opportunity to give me uh, on your platform to just tell my story and hopefully, you know, I can change my life through my lived experience. No, and we, we want to hear all about that. Also joining us is Dr. Christopher Emden. He's a professor at Teachers College of Columbia University. He's also the associate director of their Institute for Minority and Urban Education. And he's also the founder of Hip Hop Ed. Um, Dr. Emden, Chris, great to have you with us. Always a pleasure to be with you, Lisa. Thank you so much. Chris, great to have you back on the show with us again on uh, Street Soldiers. It's always a pleasure to be here. I, I just want to say just two things really quickly. When we talk about black history, you know, we oftentimes think about folks who are, you know, in times past, who've done amazing right. things to get us to where we are. And I just want to say to both Meek and Sister Tamika that your ability to be vulnerable in this moment, to risk your life, risk your, risk your health, um, risk like stories that are internal that some folks wouldn't share and say, I'm going to go out there anyway and do something to make a difference in the lives of other people should just be commended. I mean, before I talk about me and my work, I just want to say how much that, you know, tomorrow they look at today and today becomes history. Right. And you both through the work that you do really articulate so powerfully what it's like to be able to take the future in your own hands and create a legacy that's bigger than your past. So, you know, salute to you both truly for, um, for what you do and what you've done and for sharing your story. And, you know, me and my work is just around education, you know, by any means necessary, transforming the landscape of teaching and learning so that young folks, We'll have the opportunity to be fully actualized, don't feel less than, and have a value and joy for education. You know, as I hear Meek's powerful story, I, I think about the beauty in the redemption of his story, but I also think about how many people he could have interacted with when he was in high school to show him that he was more than just an athlete, 
And not that athletics is bad. It's great that we have the athletic prowess to be able to do amazing things. But we also need to tell our young folks that you could be an athlete and a scientist and a mathematician and, and do all those things at once so that when one thing fails, you know that you're excellent at other things as well. And I, I see that, you, you know, that Meek is doing that. His work right now is so beautiful. And he and I are in the same boat. How do we show young people that by, by knowing their genius and their brilliance and their, and, their, and their natural ability to change the world as they are, that if they, if they know that from now, they can do you know, amazing things. And so you know, my program is Science Genius. We have young folks writing rhymes and battling about science and math and academic content to show them that they could be hip hop and scientific at the same time. Um, but we've taken that program online. And you know, the history makers in this moment are those that don't say we have to take a pause because we have a pandemic. There's no pause on violence. There's no pause on oppression. There's no pause on pol police brutality. So this is the time where we really turn up. And that, that may not be in person, but we go virtual. So that program where you came to see us, Lisa, and we were in the school and right. spitting bars with the kids and getting them to love science and write rhymes and all that, do the same thing virtually. On Instagram, on Facebook, um, we on Zoom meetings, um, that, that revolutionary work does not take a time out. It just becomes nimble and flexible and utilizes the tools that we have at hand right now to still continue to change the world. Tamika, the, you were very passionate when we spoke a couple of months ago. You were talking about the teens and the kinds of things they were going through, and that's what really motivated you to go above and beyond what you'd been doing before. Tell us what the teens have been going through that you see. Uh, well, I, you know what? It's so crazy because a lot of our kids, even when they were in school, we already had the issues. So it just really just made it worse when they actually was like, you know, closed in. Like they, you know, they felt like they couldn't breathe. They couldn't come out like and, and without no explanation because it was just all over the place. But we were able to give them not only to be able to write, be able to go virtually, be able to communicate. I mean, I even popped in, you know, during like times when they still had to go to school. But they were able to tell me that about depression, you know, about how they felt about suicide, how they felt like they wanted to give up and they didn't understand what was going on. And I think for me and I have to thank God for the people I have around me and thank God with my foundation that I was able to share with them, no matter, we still have to rock out. You know right. what I mean? Like we, like the doctor said, you might could pause for a minute, but we really ain't got no time for that. But let right. me tell you what you're going to do. We're going to actually still be able to motivate you to get that suicide out your head. Get that you're not going to, you know, pass or, you know, worried about your friends with school because it was hard. Graduations was canceled. And we had to take that in consideration because, again, we done graduated already. You know, right. we done had big proms and all that good stuff. But I really, really found the connection because they already knew I was one of the communicators before the pandemic. So it made it easier to be able to be able to bridge that gap. And to, so, come, and to come in there and get in. And that, Tamik, what about the, the, the vibe on the streets and the vibe with the youth that you've been dealing with? Because this, this was a summer where we saw horrendous uh, tragedies like George Floyd. We saw an awareness of the quote unquote mainstream, even corporate America using putting Black Lives Matter on their logos and, and, and company, you know, company signs and things like that. What did that, what did that do in terms of your perception of yourself as a young black man in America? We just needed somebody to to from our community to try to bridge the gap because um, negative negativity on top of negativity you're not going to get positivity. So you know me and my my guys you know talking this foundation we wanted to be the bridge between the police and the community and we have relationships on both sides you know so that's what we seem like that's necessary going forward to try to bring some type of healing to the situation on top of the violence from the kids from our community 
against each other. You know, so the events that we put on, you know, during the pandemic and a little before, but to try to show some type of unity and peace. You know, we can have a, a nice event in our neighborhoods and nothing happens. And, you know, by the grace of God, we haven't had one incident at our events. You know, so when they see individuals that walk these same steps, you know, talking to the police officers and, and, and really care about the people, you know, they were somewhat receptive, but there's still a lot of work that needs to be done. And you and your team even turned the uh, basketball court at Ingersoll into an ice skating rink. Yeah, that's yeah that that's that was one that's one for the ages. Um, you know, we just wanted, I've never, yeah, I've never yeah. in my whole news reporting career ever heard of that in New York City. That's yeah. So the first the first year was um, 2019. Um, we, we held the first annual Fall Green on Ice, and it, it was so amazing to see these kids have the thrill and excitement putting on sk ice skates. I'm 34, 35, and that was my first time putting on um, ice skates. You know, so we just try to show them that you could, you don't have to be a basketball player. You can be a hockey player. Mm -hmm. you, could, you could do ice skating. Like, you know, we just try to broaden the horizon by doing things like that. No, and uh, Dr. Christopher Emden, Chris, give us, give us a sense, because this is a year unlike any other where there's a lot of attention being play, uh, paid to um, black history. We have so many historical things that happen, like our vice president. Um, what give us some context of, of what's really going on right now? What do you see? There's there's progress, but there's also still a lot of pushback. We see these white supremacist organizations. Is it is there more good than bad? I mean, what do you see going on from from you know, your you know, vantage? The, the point? big thing in this moment, Lisa, is for our communities to be able to understand the distinctions between fact and fiction. Um, you know, to to recognize that not everybody that uses a Black Lives Matter logo on their corporate packaging is really interested in, in sort of what, what, what has value in our lives, to understand that in many ways, our pain and our oppression has become, you know, a tagline and a marketing tool. And so when we are able to understand the differences between fact and fiction, then we can see the folks who are really interested in doing work by, by our communities. I mean, I think about what, what Meek said about, you know, we turned a basketball court into an ice skating rink and had the young folks skate. A lot of people might look at that and say, oh, that was nice, but no, it's deeper than that. Sometimes the way to be able to counter oppression is not just by protesting. It's about expanding the vision of what is possible. So for our baby, once they know like, wait, I could play ball and ice skate and that's a possibility. You've done work that's bigger than anything else you've done before because you're expanding the possibilities. And so the difference between fact and fiction is those who talk about it and those who do it. Those who do it are in the trenches with the young people expanding possibilities. Those who talk about it are utilizing our pain and the fact that we are articulating our pain as a marketing, as a marketing tool. And we have to be more aware of those who are doing the work. Sister Tamika is out there in the midst of this having conversations about suicide and depression with young folks on a digital platform. That's reality. Somebody who says black lives matter, so buy my ice cream. I, I, like that's, that's fictional. And so once we are able to understand a distinction, then we could put the weight behind those who are doing the work. So, so we can now support Sister Tamika and Brother Meek and the work that they're doing. We can celebrate them. And Lisa, I'll say this to you. This is why I rock with you. And whenever you call, I'm there. Because, because these two individuals need the visibility. Right. Not just to showcase the work that they're doing, but also because when we, when we showcase them, we inspire others to say they could do the same. And there's nothing that's gonna save our communities that comes from outside our communities. The only solutions to our problems are homegrown and they're experiential. And these two folks are exemplars of that. And I try in my work to strive to be like them.
This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We'll be back right after this. What up? This is Trey Songz, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, real people, only on Hot 9-7. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. In this special Black History Month episode, we're talking about Black Americans making history right now. Despite the pandemic, despite the politics, despite everything that's going on, they are forging forward, creating new pathways, especially for our youth. Joining me is Tamika McReynolds. She's a community leader and aide to the Jersey City Mayor. She's also the director of the Maureen Collier Center, which is a center for youth and for senior citizens. She's an author and motivational speaker. Tamika, great to have you with us. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much. Also joining us is Tamik Floyd. He's an outreach coordinator for the Taj Gibson Foundation. Tamik, great to have you with us. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you so much. Also joining us, Dr. Christopher Emden. He's a professor at Teachers College, Columbia University, and Associate Director of their Institute for Minority and Urban Education. He's also the founder of Hip Hop Ed. Chris, great to have you with us. Pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. Tamika, let me ask you this, because one of the most exciting moments, I think, has been the election of Kamala Harris as our Vice President. Does that, you've done a lot of work with the girls, because a lot of times we're focusing on the guys because of the streets and what's happening there, but the girls, the girls go through a lot too. Did that, did you see an effect, did that have an effect on the girls, especially the young girls of color that you work with? Lisa, let me tell you something. It had an effect on me. How about that? <laughs> um, I think what happens is, is that when people, like you said, when we out in the streets, and first of all, let me just tell you, doctor, I love you too. And Lisa, I rocks with you all day, every day. And Meek, I don't even know you, but we rock <laughs> together too. I'm with you. Um, this is good. This is exactly what we do. Those girls were so amazed that they could see somebody that looked like them. They were so amazed that it can happen because we were taught so long that it couldn't happen. I don't know. I might run for vice president when it come, when the time comes because I feel like I can do it. But when they, you know that they having those that guts and that heart and she's she's poised, she's 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 beautiful, classy, and she's classy, and she's able to just be able to look like us and say that I could do that. We we have a teen magazine essay that literally they was able to write about their feelings and write about what they want to do and and literally when I tell you it changed their lives. It changed their whole, they whole their territory of knowing that they can expand to be whatever they want to be. There's so sense of possibility what, what Chris was talking about. Absolutely. Absolutely. And when I tell you when these young girls, because these girls be ready to rock, they made to get it in. They, you know, they'd be like salute you at the same time, but then be ready to go in. But what I love about them is that they know their truth. They know that they're their greatness and they know that they can win. So when you know those three, di those dynamics, it's no matter. You can be the vice president of the United States of America. Right. To me, in, term, in terms of the work that you're doing with the, with, the, with the youth in particular, with the young boys, where do you see them at? What kinds of things are they facing right now? Lack of engagement. You know, don't, they don't know how to properly um, get along. Like, I see a lot of, lot of neighborhood things going on, you know, so it's like, and growing up, I, had, I used to play basketball through bad stars. So, you know. I have relationships throughout Brooklyn, you know, and that, a lot of that was taken away from these kids prior to the pandemic because there's not a lot of activities from what I see that's taking place, you know, so it's like they don't really know how to communicate with each other. You know, everything is negativity through social media, but they don't really know how to really communicate. And that, that's key. Communication is key in civilization. You know, you can't survive without communication, you know, so I think that's something that's overlooked. With these, with these black young black males, they don't know how to communicate with authority. You know, they don't know. There's a lot of things they don't know how to do, and it's a, the communication and is the underlying root. Chris, what about what about that? I see you shaking yeah. your head. 
he's so correct. And, you know, I think that 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 lack of communication is a function of a really larger and deeper thing, which is why we really got to embrace this concept of Black History Month and update it so that it becomes relevant and connected to young people. You know, one of the things I always tell my youngins is, listen, knowledge itself is the ultimate wealth. When you understand that you are a king, when you understand that you are born from legacy, when you understand that by function of the melanin that flows through your skin, that you have an ancestral lineage that says that you have power and control, when you know that you are intelligent, you are brilliant, like when you operate with a certain um, energy around you and you know that you have a value for who you are, right. you start developing ways to engage with others that is not about bringing each other down, but bringing each other mm. up. A lot of the times that we have engagements with each other that's about fights and arguments and talking crazy to the cops is because within ourselves, we feel less than. So when you feel less than and you feel broken and somebody said that they have a position of authority, you want to prove your manliness or you want to prove you want to prove your strength. But the, the, the proving of strength in that interaction is because you feel as though you don't have real true strength to begin with. When you feel like you are divine and you feel like you're powerful, you engage with others in ways that demands respect. And folks are forced to interact with you with respect when you operate that way. So I've been pulled over by police officers many a time. I've been in situations many a time, but I never feel like I have to try to be aggressive. I just got to show up like the king I am. And I say, good evening, officer. How are you today? My name is Chris Emden. I'm from the Bronx, New York. If there are any issues, please let's articulate them right now so we can engage with each other in, a, in an equal fashion. And all of a sudden, the way they engage with me is different because they know I'm not coming with a negative energy, but I'm coming with a positive energy and my positive energy is not about like respect to you because you're better than me, but I have respect for myself. So you have to engage with me the same way. And when, we, when it comes to our sisters, and I love what Sister Mika said about representation, um, you know, we could talk about Kamala Harris and her history of incarceration, et cetera, whatever else it is. But we have to understand that what young folks see is not the political stuff. Right. They just see somebody who looks like them right. in a position of power and authority. And we have a responsibility to show them those images as often as possible but not just her. We've got to show them Sister Tamika and her image got to be present in the community. And other, I know sisters, sisters uh, executive CEO at Chase Bank. There are sisters that I know who are professors in universities. My, my good friend, Alondra Nelson, just got appointed to be a science advisor for the Biden administration. But the thing is that our sisters don't know this. Right. Those who are reading newspapers and stuff know this, but they don't know. And so they got to, we got to show them right. that folks who look like them, who are from where they're from, are doing big things. And most importantly, we gotta tap those folks who are from the communities who are doing big things to and always remember them. where they came from right. so they spend the time to give back. And that's what I love about uh, the foundation. So I give us foundation, what I love about it is, this is a man who's obviously come from those communities, but he's also brought his brothers together to make sure right. that he gives back. And what we gotta hold all our community members accountable for not just you know going on that path and being a millionaire, and getting these positions, but for those who have been giving much, much is expected. And being a, a Black History Month, we have to hold ourselves accountable to showcase visions of ourselves that are bigger than what we see in, in the media or in the press. All right, and I got to hold myself accountable to the clock. This is Street yeah, my Soldiers. Fault. I'm, no, <laughs> that, was fantastic. that was fantastic. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We'll have much more when we come back. Guys, this is phenomenal. This was my dream. Okay. My God. All right. I'm going to keep it real now. So don't get, don't feel awkward. I, you know, I'm going to ask you some questions. Well, I, want the, I want you to, yeah. you know, really put it out there. Okay. Let's go. Here we go. 
Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. In this episode, we're talking about Black Americans making history now. Joining me is Tamika McReynolds. She's a community leader and aide to the Jersey City Mayor and director of the Maureen Collier Center. It's a community center for senior citizens as well as youth. She's also an author and motivational speaker. Tamika, great to have you with us. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. Also joining us is Tamik Floyd. He's an outreach coordinator for the Taj Gibson Foundation, and he is determined, a man on a mission to make sure that young people, especially young men, have the chances and the positive role models that they so desperately need. Tamik, great to have you with us. Thank you for having me on your platform, Lisa. Thank you so much. Also with us is Dr. Christopher Emden. He's a professor at Teachers College at Columbia University. He's also the Associate Director of their Institute for Minority and Urban Education and the founder of Hip Hop Ed. Chris, great to have you with us. Pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. Tamik, I wanna start with you on this one. Do you feel that the way that you are, when you are treated in a certain way, in a disrespectful way, and you know it's, be, you believe or know it's because of your race, do you deal with it differently now than you did before? You said to me. Well, to me, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, well, you know what, Lisa, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I've, I've never had the problem. Let me, let me be clear. Um, I think for me, and this is because of what, what, you know, with my upbringing and everything, I've never had to actually deal with that because like, you know, uh, Chris said and, and, and Meek said, I think it's all about the, pre- you know, the, you know, how do you pre- present yourself? Um, and then again, I've never had to have that actual experience, but have I had some of my family? Have I had some of my friends? Have I had some of my colleagues? Absolutely. But I think what we have been able to do now with me personally, because I've seen what's been happening is to be able to bridge that gap with our police here in Jersey City, because guess what? Everybody is not right. Well, everything that has happened is not right. But I'm going to tell you a story. What I can say, and I can commend them because I've worked with them personally, is that what they have done is literally show up, have shown up for our children during this pandemic. They have shown up even if they didn't want to. They showed up and cut the check when we jumping out of cars and knocking on doors, when we have the police department lined up. So we're not coming to arrest out black children. We're coming to actually award them. So it changed the dynamics of their perception of saying that, oh no, the cops are just not here to lock me up, but they're here to actually be able to bless me. They're here to give me a flat screen TV. They're here to be able to give me some of that money that cutting the check and making sure that it's real. So again, it changes the conversation. Well, so it changes not- the dynamic. It also changes what you think about yourself. But this is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We'll be back right after this. Hey, what up, y'all? This is Lloyd, the King of Hearts. And this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people only on Hot 9-7. You did. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Joining me, Tamika McReynolds. She's a community leader, aide to the Jersey City Mayor, director of the Maureen Collier uh, Center. It's a community center for youth and seniors and author and motivational speaker as well. Tamika, great to have you with us. Thank you so much, Lisa, for having me. Thank you so much. Also with us is Tamik Floyd. He's an outreach coordinator for the Taj Gibson Foundation. Tamik, great to have you with us. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much. Also, this is Dr. Christopher Emden. He's a professor at Teachers College at Columbia University. He's also the associate director of their Institute for Minority and Urban Education and the founder of Hip Hop Ed. Um, Chris, great to have you with us again. Always a pleasure, Lisa. Thank you so much. There, there's, there's, not, there's not a black man that I have ever talked to or know or have in my family <laughs> that has not been stopped by police or had an experience where they, you know, wanted to use the restroom in a public place and they were told they couldn't use it. And I mean, just all sorts of these, these microaggressions and humiliations and outright profiling that's been proven. 
how do you, how do you deal with that? And how do you tell the young men to deal with that? And do you feel it's getting better or it's people are, we're still in denial about it as a country. Uh, we are, we are highly in denial. Um, this goes on a day by day basis, hour by hour, minute by minute. Um, I would tell my, my young black brothers, don't internalize that to where you feel like you're doing something wrong. Cause sometimes if you don't know anybody, you, you may think you're doing something wrong or you, you're if it's, even with me, like growing up, I, I used to be tempted to wear certain clothing because I know if I wear this type of clothing, I may get stopped. You know, I used to stop wearing Pelly Pelly jackets and wear traded those in for pea coats. Cause I know right. if I wear peak, I look more sophisticated. And now growing up, you shouldn't have, you should wear whatever you want to wear, you know? So me having experience and going through what I had to go through, don't internalize that hate because sometimes we do internalize that hate and that breeds more hate to our own kind, you know, and it, now you, you start oppressing each other, you know? Right. So it, 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 it's, it's just a tough, tough time that, that we're dealing with right now. Um, and, and it was worse is the music that's being fed to these kids is no better. Like it breeds negativity. It breeds drug dealing. It breeds murder. So it's like, we have to change the culture. You know, before we we worrying about the police. That's granted, that's a major issue, but we have to change our culture as well. The, the th definitely, Chris. What what about that internal internalizing that oppression, and then the effect it has on self esteem? It's like how how do you counter that? By Help us understand. Lisa. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a big issue. You know, the, the concept of the replication of oppression is so real. Whenever you have a broken population who's who has been pushed to the margins historically, the minute they get anything that feels like power, the only thing they know how to do is replicate the same oppression they've experienced. So if they're going through oppression from society, then they interact with their brother and they're trying to get one up on their brother and then they replicate the same kind of oppression. And so the interruption of that cycle is about understanding that you have value beyond what anybody says. And, and you know, to add to that point, man, about our music and our culture, it, it's about expansion of our culture. See, our, our culture in itself is not inherently bad. Right. Hip hop in itself is a magical, beautiful form of expression. What has happened is one thin slice of hip hop has become what's most visible. Lisa, you know this. Oh, totally. And so now everything is looked at through the lens of the most visible. And then people are like, oh, oh to, for me to be able to move units, for me to get all them views on, on Instagram, on YouTube, I got to do that part. So you got good kids right. come from good homes. That's right. They go to college, they go to school, they get good grades. Right. And they're looking at the negative cat. And because they want the validation, they start copying something that they're not. So our, our babies and our kids, they're not thugs. They just, they just playing a role because society has said that's what gets attention. Right. So we got to do the kind of job that shows them that you can get attention for other things as well. You know, why we do hip hop ed, why we do science genius, why I talk about Ratchetemic, it's really about the possibilities. Like, you know, I enter into a space, they be like, yo, you're a professor? Like, for real? Why do you talk like that? Right. Because right. I'm from where you're from. I just happen right. to go to school for mad long. Right. And for, for me to be able to interact and say, I'm still like I still be on my block, you know. So I still really rock on eight block. That's old right now, but you know, like I, I still get it in, in the hood. Like I still have friends, you know. What I mean, I, I, that's the that's the way I shop. That's the way my heart is. That's the way my home is. But at the same time, I'm not limited by my ge my geography. That's right. You know what I'm saying like you, you don't have to be limited by your geography. The possibilities are endless, and Absolutely. and I think it's really about about like expansion, Lisa. Like so much more than anything else, that we are more than what a corporation says we are. Right. Definitely. Tamika, what, what about with the what about with the girls? Because, you know, we talk about with the guys, there's that image with the, the drug dealer or drug user. I mean, that's a that's a huge thing right now, too. But it, but in, ter in terms of the girls, there's so much about like your 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 body. All you are is your body and not even the front of your body, the back of your body. We don't even see the face. 
or anything like that? What, how do you, how do you deal with, how do you deal with that with the girls that you, that you work with? Well, you know what? The first thing I got to always let them know, you got to know who you are. You got to be able to define yourself. You know what I mean? And whatever that's going to be, then let, let that be, but you can't let other people define you. And I think what everybody's talking about, you know, my brother's here talking about the culture. Sometimes our girls get a little confused along with our grownups. So when you don't have an image to be able to follow and you only looking at the negativity of it and you don't know no better, that's all what you're going to follow. But the first thing I always tell them, don't get twisted with the weed. Don't get twisted with all the, you know, the makeup and all that other stuff. You got to still be able to know who you are and what you want to do and what your purpose is going to be. So when you coming at them like that, don't get me wrong, we got to get real cute and we got to get sophisticated and we got to do all of that. We can do that too. But at the end of the day, I love what what the doctor said about rocking with them. You got to meet them where they are. You right. got to be able to let them know that I'm rocking with you. We got to get out there and fight, but I don't want to fight because we don't want to get arrested. But if we got to do that, come to me. Let's talk about it. So let's bring our crew, the one that knocked on your doors and cut the checks for you. They'll do lieutenants and them detectives and all that stuff that want to do great things for you. But our girls sometimes, sometimes, you know, they was putting them in a category that they were worse than the boys. But I always tell them that you don't want that category. Then don't do that. Because we got to still be held responsible. But when they don't know better, they can't do better. But when we absolutely, absolutely talking to them as if we mean it, we love them, and we are rocking for them, they can feel it, they grab it, and they take it and they run with it. Mm. Tamik, what have been some of the what have, what have been some of the biggest lessons you've learned over the last year with everything that you're doing and and, and your whole your whole transformation? Um, one of the lessons that that was kind of heartfelt. Um, I lost my nephew to gun violence. Uh, October twenty so second, yeah, and he was an inspiring rapper, twenty one years old, and you know, it was like I did so much work for the community in my short time being home that you know at times I felt like I neglected him, you know, because I was so focused on helping others that I had somebody right here probably that was crying out for help, and I didn't see the signs because I'm so you know entwined, knee deep, and you know, dealing with the physical that I'd see on a daily basis. And that really hurt. So that's why, you know, I brought up the thing with the culture of the music, you know, um, but my journey, you know, I've, I've just getting started. You know, I was incarcerated for nine and a half years. Um, I obtained two degrees during my incarceration. I taught uh, my anger management program incarcerated for like the younger dude. So I, I really was, I already was doing this work from the inside. So now I'm just bringing it out here. Um, it's a lot of work that needs to be done, you know, and me and my guys, you know, we're built for this because we really care. We, we grew up in housing developments. That's mostly where our work is. Right. Um, gotcha. In nature developments where, you know, they're living on, under some horrible conditions as well, Lisa, Lisa always exposed yes. and um, illuminate that to the public. Um, but, you know, to keep it short, yeah, we, um, it's a lot of work that needs to be done. And, you know, we, we, we don't have all the answers. And we, we, we're willing to work with other agencies and foundations, the NYPD, the FDNY, you know, anything we could come to a table, politicians, to really inside some change in these communities because there's a lot of talk and no action that's going on. No, definitely. You know? Chris, what about, what about the, mi- the mindset that people need to have in the community right now? Yo, that we, we you know, there's another piece of all this that we have to also understand is that we are in a historical moment. I think sometimes when we, you know, we live in day to day and we, you know, we right. dealing with the pandemic and we dealing with like this summer, last summer happened. And we keep, we keep going like nothing's happening. Right. But people are going to write about 2020 and 2021. Right. The, the, right. Those years where the, where the world shifted, where there was a global, not, not a national, a global health crisis. Right. 
Right. And concurrently with the global health crisis, there was a reckoning with race and class issues, not just in the United States, across the globe. They were tearing down statues across the globe of, against white supremacy. And so when we recognize that we're in a historical moment, then we got to operate like we're historical figures. When, you, when you're in a time that you know that 20 years from now, people are going to write about this moment, do you want to be included to be a part of the legacy that changed the world? Or do you want to be those who are victimized under that circumstance? And I think we have to we have to tell people to understand, like, listen, you can't move regular nowadays. You are you we have the small window where we can create a legacy for ourselves that our children and our children's children will either say, my grandmother or my grandfather or my auntie or my uncle, they were out there on the front line changing the world every single day, or they'll say, Oh, yeah, they were alive back then, but they didn't do nothing. And so for me, it's to inspire those who are listening to us right now. Right. Black history makers are you. You can make a decision today that, you know what? I'm tired of living a life where I'm just on the margins, not doing anything. I'm going to decide from this moment that I'm going to create a legacy that's bigger than my circumstance. And if we all choose to make those decisions, we change the world. We definitely change the world. Tamika, on this, in terms of what people can do to really be the change, because it's not enough to just have participated in marches or to be out there for protests. You people who want to really make a change, what do they need to do? You have to execute. You have to be deliberate. You have to go for whether you make mistakes, wrong, right, or different. You gotta, you gotta know that you can win and that you could be a part of the history. We this this world was changed in 2020. But guess what? You could be a part of the change to be able to make it better or don't do nothing about it. And I think that's why with these teams, it's so important to be able to motivate them. Like, like Meek was saying that it's like people think that they they, they give up you know they're right. laying down like because we're in a pandemic you know you got to wear your mask you got to stay six feet you can't, can't do, do this can't that's do when that. you really got to go in you got to go in and be deliberate be determined and execute let's go let's go all right to me what, what do you say to <laughs> what, what do you say especially to to the to the young men's and some of the ones who've come up you know newly come home and about where things are at because it's very rough if they're coming home now like you did um, it's big on, I'm big on controlling and changing the narrative. Yeah. Change the narrative, then control it. When you can control it, what could they say? You know, but don't, don't, if, if your actions are still the same, then you're not changing the narrative. So let's start changing our actions and our mindsets and our mentalities and teaching our kids the, the proper way to live, to live. And let's not, you know, associate sophistication with upper class you can be a black person living in urban society and be sophisticated so let's start changing the narrative and then we can control it yes, no sir. i love that that's fantastic okay. chris what about, what what about that like what do people need to do to be the the history makers as you call them you know man i think it's a recognition that everybody has a part to play and anybody can change history uh brother meek is a perfect example of that you know i will always say first thing is this forgive yourself for your past everybody got a past where they made some decisions that were problematic. Right. Sometimes folks don't move forward because they, 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 they attach themselves to their past. But redemption is so sweet. When you can acknowledge your past, forgive yourself for your past, and then reconcile those past mistakes and do better, that's everything. So that's forgive yourself. The second part is this. Understand that on the path to making history, not everybody's going to be on your side. And right. this is really important. Right now, somebody's watching this show. And they're like, oh, man, they talk about working with the police. Oh, man. All they did was change the court. When you're, when you're moving towards the path of changing history, haters going to come out of nowhere. 
right? But you have to recognize that your purpose is divine and about legacy. And sometimes when you do what you're supposed to do the way you're supposed to do it, the same folks who are critiquing you will follow you. But if you stop what you're doing and start paying attention to what they're doing, they bring you down to their level and then you can't make history. So to make history, understand that hate will come. Forgive yourself for your past and move forward. And then recognize that Black History Month ain't about just February. That's right. Black History Decade. It's the 2020s. So we're in a decade of rewriting and reclaiming history. After February is over, we still gonna do this work. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, that, and, and, and that's and that's the that's the living legacy of it. That's the passion. And that that to me is 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 amazing. And black history is American history. Everybody needs to everybody needs to know whatever your race, whatever your ethnic background. So, guys, I want to thank you so much for this awesome show. I feel so inspired and I'm, I'm so happy we got to recognize the incredible work that each one of you are doing. Tamika McReynolds, thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate it. Thank you. Also, um, Tamik Floyd, thank you so much. Thank you. Really Pleasure. Dr. Christopher Endon, thank you. As always, we, we appreciate what you're doing and uh, keeping us informed and elevated as well. Always appreciate you, Lisa. All right, guys. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. Let's push for peace, love, and justice for all. <laughs>